0: There are a lot of discouraged Christians... That think that because they didn't go to Bible College and because they didn't go to seminary that they might not understand the Bible as well as others. If you have Holy Spirit you know more about the Bible than every person in the seminary who doesn't have the Holy Spirit. It is not through seminary, it is not through Bible College that you can know more about the Word, but the way that you know more about the Word is you open it up and you read it if you are converted. You open it up and you are able to know the mind of God know the Spirit of God, not because of any degree, but because of the Holy Spirit that He dwells in His elect. Hi friends, I want to welcome you back to another episode of Vessels of Mercy podcast, evoking worship in the saints to praise God every day. The podcast episode that we're gonna be looking at today is can I choose to be born again? Can I choose to be born again? And I would say that uh, throughout all of the different doctrines of grace, this one is probably my my favorite. We've been looking at a study through the doctrines of grace in our Tulip series, and today we're specifically gonna be talking about irresistible grace irresistible grace. We're going to be talking about the glorious and wonderful work of the Holy Spirit in regeneration, in the causing of one to be born again, born again, converted, regenerated, saved. And I am so excited for what we are going to be talking about Today. Well, I want to look today at a couple passages that I believe we can see irresistible grace clearly in these passages. The first passage is in John chapter 3. Now, if you're not as familiar with the context, Nicodemus, is a he was a very spiritual and religious person. Uh, if he was to be alive in modern day, you might see him as a seminary professor, someone who has a lot of knowledge about God. But what we end up seeing here, Nicodemus is going to get a shock of his life when he comes to Jesus, and and Nicodemus even comes in a a kind way. He says that that Jesus is a teacher that has come from God. He says this to Jesus, but then this is Jesus' response to Nicodemus. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, Nicodemus had a lot of knowledge in his mind, and potentially he thought that he knew a lot. But Jesus is about to rock his world. And and not only is Nicodemus, it's not like, oh, Nicodemus, you're going to have to go back to college. Or, Nicodemus, you're going to have to go back to elementary school. No, what Jesus is saying here is, Nicodemus, you need to go back to the day that you were born. You need to become born again. You need to go back to the beginning. You think you have a lot of knowledge now? Well, guess what? You've missed it completely because you do not know that I am the Christ. You need to get born again. And here we see a wonderful analogy for what Irresistible Grace is, a new birth. And even as we talk about this discussion of a new birth, I just want to ask the question when it came to your literal birth did you choose it did you choose to be born did you go to your mom and dad and say hey mom dad i want to be born today no that's silly But the reality is being born happened to you. And just how being born happened to you, being born again happened to you. It had to happen to you because of grace. It it happened on our behalf. God had to cause for us to be born again. We could not have gone to God and say, Hey God, could I be born again? Why? Because in the same way how we didn't choose our first birth, The reality is that we could not choose our second birth. It had to happen to us. I want to come back to Nicodemus in a moment, but before we do, I want to look at another passage that talks about how it is the Holy Spirit that gives us this wisdom from above. 1 Corinthians 2, verses 6 through 16. Yet among the mature, we do impart wisdom. Although it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Now let me just explain what it just said here. That there is a hidden and secret wisdom from God. And yet it is only believers who are given this wisdom from God. But those who are not saved, those who are not Christians, are not given this wisdom. And so God has prepared this wisdom for those whom he loves his elect. Verse 9, But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those Who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. Here we see it is the Holy Spirit who reveals to us the truth of God. This is true in my own life. Before I was saved, reading the Bible was. It was like I didn't understand anything, and I didn't care that I didn't understand it. There was a veil that was over me spiritually, and I had no interest in learning anything about God. And what had to happen is God had to remove the veil, and the Holy Spirit had to impart this hidden wisdom upon me, and I was able to go, oh... I get it. God is wonderful. God is glorious. And it had to be done by God. Verse 11. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. Have you ever talked to an unbeliever? and you've tried to explain to them what the Bible says, and they're not only confused, but potentially they hate what it is that you're saying. Did you know that that's actually supposed to happen? The reason why they don't understand what you're saying, and they hate what you're saying sometimes, and they're confused by it, and they don't see it as true, do you know why? It's because the Holy Spirit has not revealed it to them. There is still a veil that is over their hearts. It is not our responsibility to lift the veil from them. And they are unable to lift the veil for themselves. But it is God who has to lift that veil. And it is the Holy Spirit who has to give a new heart that understand the word of God. That fully grasp this glorious truth. Verse 13. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. Here's the reality. There are those who understand the Bible, and there are those who do not understand the Bible. Those who understand it and cherish it and love it, those are those who have been born again. Those people that love the Word, it is because the Holy Spirit has given them this wisdom from God. I just want to share for a moment a concern that I've seen that I want to share with you. There are a lot of discouraged Christians that think that because they didn't go to Bible college and because they didn't go to seminary that they might not understand the Bible as well as others. But can I encourage you, that's actually not a true concept. Potentially, that is an American concept, that those in Bible college and seminary somehow know the Bible more than the layperson. If there's two people in front of me, one is a converted layperson and the other one is an unconverted seminary professor. Can I tell you something? It is the converted layperson who knows infinitely more about the Bible than the seminary professor. That is true. So, yes, there are some wonderful things that we can learn in seminary, but the reality is it is through the Holy Spirit that we know what the Bible says. I see a lot of discouraged Christians saying, yeah, but but I don't know as much as someone else because I never went to seminary. If you have Holy Spirit, you know more about the Bible than every person in the seminary who doesn't have the Holy Spirit. It is not through seminary, it is not through Bible college that you can know more about the Word, but the way that you know more about the Word is you open it up and you read it if you are converted. You open it up and you are able to know the mind of God, know the Spirit of God, not because of any degree because of the Holy Spirit, that he dwells in his elect. He dwells in those who are pleasing in God's sight, who God chose before the foundation of the world. Verse 14, the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. I remember a couple of years ago, I was with someone in Starbucks, and we both had our Bibles out, and I began to see someone approaching us, and I was thinking, oh, maybe this is a believer, and maybe he's going to tell us about how he's a Christian, and he came up to us, And he looked at our Bibles and he said, that is the greatest fiction book in the entire world. How tragic. And the reason he said that was because the veil had not been lifted for him. And it says in verse 14, the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. That person was a natural man, a natural person. Now, we pray that he was born again later, but the reality is at that moment, It was foolishness to him because he had not yet been born again. And the reality is that's God's will. Sadly, there are a lot of people that when they see a lot of unbelievers rejecting the Bible, they think, oh, the way that I can get them to believe the Bible is I have to dumb down the message. I have to dumb down the gospel. I have to use a lot of logical arguments to get them to believe the truth. But the reality is, no, the reason they reject the truth is not because of their intellect, but rather the reason they reject the truth is because God has not revealed it to them. We go on. Verse 15, the spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. The reality is, you who are saved, you who delight in the word, did you know that it is a miracle? The unbeliever does not delight in the word of God. If you are a repenter, a believer, someone who loves the Bible, that's a miracle. Those who were born, naturally, they're supposed to hate those things. It is only the elect who delight in the word, who want to obey the word. Well, let's go back to John 3. And many people who reject the doctrines of grace, what they'll do is they'll quote John 3.16. And they'll say, but, but John, in John 3.16 it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And what they'll say is, see, it says, whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And I would say, absolutely, that is so true. But in the same passage, just a few verses before John 3.16, it says this in John 3.8, The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear it sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. You see, John 3.16 is talking about belief. You see, repentance and belief are signs of spiritual life. But before you can have spiritual life, you need to have spiritual birth. You need to be born again. And once again, the reality is that we cannot choose to be born again. You say, well, how can I be born again? It is the Holy Spirit who must do it on our behalf. But once again, I'd love to encourage you, if you are delighting in Christ and you hate your sin and you love the word, you have been born again. We want to take the promises of God and rest in them. But what happens is when we look at the promises of God, we can rest that the fact that we are believers and repenters. is because God has done a wonderful work on our behalf. He has caused for us to be born again because of the Holy Spirit giving us this hidden wisdom. In Ezekiel 36:26, it says, And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Notice that throughout all of that, there's no cooperation on man's part. But it is God who is giving us a new heart. It is God who is giving us a new spirit. It doesn't say, and I will give you a new heart, and this is what you must do. No. It says, and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. It is passive on our part. God is the one who does it. And what we do is we look at the fruit of our life and we see, have we been born again? Do we believe in Jesus Christ? Do we believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God? If so, we have been born again. One of my favorite passages as well is 1 Peter one three. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Meaning, praise God. Praise God. And then it gives several lists of why we should praise God. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Notice it says, according to his great mercy. Whose great mercy? God's great mercy. And notice it doesn't say he chose and we chose. It says he has caused us to be born again. It was 0% us, 100% God. He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. One of the last places I want to look in the word is how the apostle Paul was saved on the Damascus road acts 9 verses 3 through 4 as saul also known as paul was persecuting the church it says now as he went on his way he approached damascus and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him and falling to the ground he heard a voice saying to him saul saul why are you persecuting me who sought out who did saul seek out god or did god seek out saul the reality is God sought out Saul. And then later in Ephesians it says Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God. Why was Paul an apostle? He was an apostle because of the will of God. God is the one who births it within us. And I would say that is also true in my own life. In my own life, when I came to faith in Christ, it was not my own will. But what happened was I was listening to a sermon on a retreat. And while I was on that retreat, before the message, I was not saved. And by the end of the message, I had been born again. I did not turn on the switch, but God had to turn on the switch for me. It was actually while watching a YouTube video. During the YouTube video, I was born again. It was the YouTube video that's called That's My King. Google it. That's My King. It came out around 2007. Before I was watching it, I was not saved. I I loved my sin. I was bored about God. I was bored about the Word. But then I was born again. And, And over time, I began to hate my sin. And I began to delight in Christ. And I began to want Him. Because He caused me to be born again. As we've looked at how irresistible grace is clearly taught in the Word, I just want to encourage you. If you are someone who's listening to this, who is saved... I want to encourage you, it was through the Holy Spirit that you are saved. That it was not you who came to faith on your own, but it was the Holy Spirit who had to impart this wisdom upon you. You had to be born again, as it said in John 3. It says, so it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. And as we look at this irresistible grace, we can realize that it is because of this Holy Spirit, this wonderful, glorious Holy Spirit. It's because of Him that we are saved. Unto irresistible irresistible grace. Well, I pray that you would take these truths and that you would meditate on them and delight in the Holy Spirit, that you would delight in the triune God, that it is because of him that you and I are saved. And if you've been blessed by this podcast, I want to invite you to like, subscribe, and share. And please be praying that God would do a work in this ministry. And until next time, to the praise of his glorious grace, have a great day.